companies simply, as our survey shows, have to step up to the plate. They have a role to play in keeping society together. Hello and welcome to The Growth Business, a podcast sponsored by Sapphire Systems. I'm your host, Lucy Thorpe. This month, we're talking about the Edelman Trust Barometer, an annual survey which has been going for more than 20 years. It's based on the idea that trust is the ultimate currency when it comes to the relationships that institutions build with their stakeholders. It's about the trust we build with the government that runs our affairs, the media that tells our stories, about the world and the companies we work for, and the business that we do on a daily basis. This year's report is called The Cycle of Distrust, which is quite an alarming headline, and the findings are pretty surprising. Not for the first time, societal leadership is now seen as a core function of business, with business leaders being significantly more trusted than politicians. Well, look, that's something that needs looking into, don't you think? So my guest is Tim Weber, Executive Director and Head of Editorial at Edelman. He's a storyteller like me. He's into content. He knows about technology. He's the perfect guest. He also shares a lot in common with me and that we've both worked at the BBC. So welcome, Tim. Hello. Thank you for having me. Great to have you on. So look, this year's findings. I mean, you said it shows a world trapped in a downward spiral of trust, deep divisions in society, crisis of trust in government and media. Goodness me. Um, look, tell me a little bit more about this. How on earth did we get here to start with? This is this is really quite shocking. I mean, it's worth it looking back at how we got here. Uh, the survey is now 22 years old. It started in 2001 after, if you remember, the battle for Seattle, when suddenly there were huge protests against the way the world economy was run. And we've been tracking it ever since. We spotted the fall of celebrity CEOs. We saw how trust was shifting from authorities to people like yourself, to people's peers. We saw how after the crisis, the economic crisis of 2007-8, suddenly trust in government plummeted. We saw uh, business leaders suddenly becoming quite important in the debate for change. And we saw a very interesting phenomenon that's playing out now more than ever before, which was trust inequality, where people who are well-off and well-educated have high levels of trust in business, in government, even in the media, while people who are poor, who feel disadvantaged, very often are not as well educated in terms of university uh, and so on. They feel disadvantaged. They don't trust anyone. I mean, the trust gap has grown steadily and now is at its record highs. Weird thing now in all this is that the old owners of trust, which were NGOs, media and at times government are now all distrusted. There's only one institution that clings on on being trusted, and that's business. But while that looks kind of good for company leaders, even that isn't. We now see people distrusting everybody who is not close to them. The only businesses that are truly trusted are your own employer. The only CEOs that are still truly trusted are your own CEO. The only people that are still trusted are people that are close to you, your family, your peers. For some people, scientists still carry a lot of trust, but just generally, 
We are just seeing this, this distrust and it is accelerating where people don't trust the information sources anymore. They're worried about fake news. They believe they're being lied to by the media, by politicians, even by NGOs. And at that point, it's just really challenging to see how one can recover from there. It is extraordinary. I mean, there's so much in there. I mean, I want to come back to the thing about trusting business, but you trace this back much further than than what I would have possibly pinpointed, which would have been Donald Trump. Trust is lowest in democratic countries. One could argue that one reason for that is the concern about disinformation. We are seeing more and more echo chambers. We are seeing people who only take the news that they believe in. And then, of course, what you're lacking is this kind of fundamental basis of a common truth. And that is something that has accelerated. I wouldn't pinpoint um, it uh, to individual politicians, but we have seen this happening even before Trump. Brexit is another thing that played in there. Uh, We have to bear in mind is really uh, dramatically changing what people believe and who they believe. Look at it, 76% of the people we spoke to are concerned about fake news. They have lost this trust who can solve societal problems. They say it's not the government that can solve it. They say NGOs can't help us. The one institution that is expected to solve problems today is business. Uh, People just don't trust It's a really vicious cycle where it constantly drops off the assumption that anybody here can help me. And that then translates into individual technologies, lots of other uh, elements where people just don't believe that anybody will help them. But it's so interesting that they think the business can help them because historically, I don't know, in the 70s or the 80s, people didn't trust their employers, did they? They were um, ranked against them and uh, employees and employers were seen as enemies in the days of the strong trade unions. Here's the thing. For starters, this is, of course, you know, an average. Uh, we are talking to like uh, 36,000 people in 28 countries for this survey, but you still get an average. This is a massive, massive survey, but you get averages. Uh, yes, there are countries where employers have less trust than in other countries. That's clear. But overall, we can just say that... Uh, of people think that journalists are lying to them. Which is terrible for folks in our background, isn't it? Absolutely. 66% of people say uh, that my government's, my my country's government is lying to me. And 63% saying that business leaders are lying to me. The only thing that is believed is my CEO, i.e. each person's CEO, their there's a positive trust level of 77%, which is really intriguing then also when you think about communication. Uh, The fact that that owned media, i.e. the communications channels of businesses, are now the most trusted channel of communication. But out of this trust comes an expectation, and that is that 
people expect societal leadership as a core function of business, nearly four-fifths, no, more than four-fifths, 81% actually, expect their CEO to be the face of change, to talk about controversial social and political issues, to take a leadership role there, whether that is uh, Black Lives Matter or maybe the war in Ukraine uh, or or things like that. So they don't want to have them uh, intervene or interfere with politics, but they want them to speak out on things like policy. And that is a huge expectation. And that creates a huge pressure on on company leaders. We have a quite uh, scary chart. If you you map where institutions are perceived, uh, ethical to unethical, competent, to less competent. It is business that is seen as most competent, ethical-ish. NGOs are seen as more ethical than business, but not very much competent. And government is in the bottom left of this quadrant, seen to be less competent and unethical. That is, that is a horrible, horrible uh, image when you when you look at it. But I do notice, I mean, as a head of communications for a company, and that's where you're saying that the truth is now coming from, which puts a lot of pressure on my shoulders, that we are being asked increasingly to talk about um, social matters. We're asked being asked to talk about inequality, women's rights, family rights, parental rights, um, environmental concerns, uh, cultural change. All these things are now things that I I and my CEO are expected to be addressing through our channels, through LinkedIn and so forth. I've definitely noticed that. Um, Do you think everybody is feeling that pressure? Is everyone stepping up to the plate or are some people resisting that? What's the landscape looking like? Well, uh, the war in Ukraine kind of was a litmus test for that, I would say, where uh, some companies have been very, very bold and uh, been very vocal about it, while others um, come across like turtles that have retreated into their shells. And the question is whether they're allowed to get away with it. I think while some companies will find it very difficult to take a stand, maybe because of business interests, maybe because they're worried about the welfare of their employees, say in Russia or, or Ukraine, what we definitely see is a need for companies to facilitate the flow of high-quality information. If information is disbelieved, if news is disbelieved, but I trust the information from my company, then information quality uh, is now the most powerful trust builder across any institution, and especially for business. So a business has to be transparent now. It has to communicate. It can't just you know, batten down the hatches. It has to hold others accountable. And it has to tell people what is really, really happening. I talked about the societal divide, this information gap between people uh, who are poorly informed and people who are well-informed, people uh, who uh, are well-off and not well-off. You see when people are well-informed, their trust levels rise. They rise above those with high income who are not well-informed. 
So it's about information quality. Uh, I just saw an, an interesting uh, academic study, albeit with a small sample, uh, that uh, examined what happens if people who watch uh, a particular news channel in the United States, Fox News, and they were paid for six, to watch for six news and other information source. In this case, I believe it's CNN. And it was startling how their attitudes changed in these six weeks. Now, one could also see what happens the other way around. Uh, but uh, it just shows that access to information and diversity of information and credibility of information and quality of information have a huge impact on this cycle of uh, distrust. And that's how we can break it. And, and companies simply, as our survey shows, have to step up to the plate. They have a role to play in keeping society together. They have a role to play to earn trust to convey trust uh, it's expected of them by their employers and frankly also by their customers so what about um the actual trust relationship when it comes to the companies communicating about their services and products because we've talked about companies being involved in very sort of high level stuff like environmental policy and social policy. Does that mm. translate down now? Is the relationship what's still one of trust? Because you might have said historically, people didn't really believe what companies said about their products. Now we're expected to be trusted advisors and partners, particularly mm. in the technology sector. Is that is that sort of translating through? Is that relationship of trust uh, working now? Well, I think it uh, it goes all the way through to the product, but it is rooted in the brand. So of course, a, you know, a company is expected to be honest about its product and all that. And a company is expected to talk about its product, not just in marketing terms, but um, I would say in storytelling terms, in something that is relatable to the audience. Um, what is important is that for both business to consumer audiences and for B2B audiences, uh, companies now expected to explain how what they do fits in with broader values. Is that product sustainable? Is that clothing? Is that food produced sustainably? How does that translate into the supply chain? Are the farmers that are producing foodstuffs are they treated fairly? Do they behave the right way that is environmentally friendly? So products become directly tied to the whole agenda that is behind it. Now, what I always say is ESG is, is the big buzzword. What I always say is, you know, but don't label it as ESG because people don't understand what it is in the first place. What they should do instead is simply talk about what they're doing and that what they're doing is right is right behavior sets the standard uh, is credible is believable not greenwashing and if you do that as a company and you show that the products you do the, the services you offer are rooted in the right behavior then customers both on b2b and b2c are more likely to trust you and are more likely to want to be your customers. This is fantastic advice for business. 
just to take it back full circle, maybe as we pull the conversation to a close, do you think there is any hope for the media and for government to regain trust? Or is this uh, something that's fundamentally broken? I'm an optimist, kind of. I try to be an optimist. Um, I think actually it will be quite interesting how things will play out now uh, in the aftermath uh, of the war uh, in Ukraine, Russia's attack on Ukraine. You see here, there's a lot of hardship coming for a lot of people in the world. And governments and companies have to be really, really open about what it means and why it's being done. And you already see disinformation campaigns emerging, for example, in India, uh, obviously in some of the more state-controlled media like Russia, China, uh, and also in a similar way as there were disinformation campaigns uh, during the past few years in the United States and beyond, we see that in Western media washing up now. It would be really interesting to see whether the crisis of the war re-energizes trust in media just like the um, uh, economic crisis of 2007-8 re-energized trust in media, uh, or whether the information warfare that's going to happen here is going to tear society apart. And in this case, because ultimately this on-the-ground war with thousands of people tragically dying, being killed, being murdered, will also evolve in an economic war with less dramatic consequences for people, but consequences still. And the question is, how does that inform their behavior? Does that translate for them uh, into distrust of the people who are trying to cope with a difficult situation and make it work? Or um, is the question of it translating to distrust into uh, the aggressors who are triggering it all? Uh, how that plays out, I have no idea. Uh, but I think if media uh, manage to maintain their credibility during this conflict, this could be the starting point for rebuilding trust in institutions, in governments, in democracy. The five key things that people were worried about were job losses, climate change, hackers and cyber attacks, losing their freedom as a citizen, and then experiencing prejudice or racism. These were the five key things. How does that translate then? Governments, businesses dealing with these challenges, how does it then translate into trust? Because right now, it will be very difficult for companies to truly address it. But if they're seen as competent managers, if governments are seen as competent managers, and they communicate that clear, and they're transparent about what's happening there, that I think is the chance to break through this uh, cycle of distrust. Let's hope you are right. Thank you so much for joining me, Tim. That's it for this episode of The Growth Business. If you liked it, tell somebody, share it, like it, comment. But that's it for now. See you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>